Infinity Saga and Beyond podcast. This is a Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. My name is Jordan Wiegand, and I have special guest Matt Hartgrove today. Hey there. How's it going? Going good. We're going to be talking a whole bunch. I'm sure uh, if you are a Marvel fan that listens to podcasts, uh, you have not been able to escape the Disney Investor Day recaps and the Disney Investor (laughs) Day news that has been going around. Uh, or if you're just a Disney fan in general, it was a big day on Thursday, December 10th. Lots of news to get to. We're focusing on the MCU here. And uh, just a little announcement as well. WandaVision premiering January 15th. My friend Casey McGeorge from my other podcast, my um, Superstore podcast, The Break Room, a Superstore fan podcast, is going to be joining me to break down those, I think it's six episodes of WandaVision weekly. And then uh, we'll be breaking down Falcon and Winter Soldier at some point as well. So let's get into it. But first, Matt, tell the people a little bit about yourself here. How did you get into the MCU? And uh, what is it about it that is spoken to you? Oh, so oh, I think, you know, it's crazy is the first the first movie I saw was Avengers. Um, I think I saw it. Avengers. When did Avengers officially come out? I, I'm never good with dates, and I always forget. 2012, May of 2012. 2012. So I, I'm pretty certain. Well, I can't. My memory's already pretty bad. But I know I saw Avengers before I saw any of the other ones, and I was like, "Oh, this is really cool. I like. I, I enjoy when like movies. I always enjoyed when like movies or TV shows kind of did like a." I don't want to say like a group project type of deal where, you know, the crossovers, but like, that's what it looked like to me. It was like these different people coming in. And then when uh, the two of us were working down in in Disney uh, for the college program, that's when I finally started watching. I think I saw Iron Man. I saw um, uh, Captain America. I didn't actually see Hulk. I didn't see the the original Hulk movie or the one with, uh, I think it's Edward Norton. Um, I don't think I saw that until yeah. actually like 2018. Walk. Yeah, I was always told I don't have to watch it, so I just never really did. Um, I did eventually watch it before uh, Infinity War. Um, I tried to do like a whole watch thing before it, but didn't end up doing too well. Got through like the first four. Um, but I was like, I, I you know, I didn't start until then. And then I, I just got really into it because I think I, I just enjoyed the... Not, I, I enjoyed the actors, but I also enjoyed how they portrayed the characters. I loved Iron Man because of, of his humor, of how smart he was. Um, I, you know, Captain America just seemed like he's like the all-American good guy. And even though I was more of an Iron Man fan, I just I still really enjoyed watching Captain America. It was just fun watching them interact and and learn about their backstories. And so it just kind of continued on to a point where now I would say I'm 
probably bigger on a as a fan of Marvel than I am of any other type of series that Disney or any movie company has created. Like I, I don't think it's it's even really close. Like Star Wars is kind of getting there, but Marvel has just overtaken. I I could watch any Marvel movie any night. I could easily do it if I was able to. Yeah. So I think I think. I, I never know which one it is I lean more into because, you know, I'm a big Star Wars fan, big Marvel fan. But I feel like I almost got that answer during this presentation because I was much more excited and smile on my face the whole time during the Marvel panel than, than the Star Wars panel. And I think there was a lot of good Star Wars stuff listed, but I think part of that problem is with a lot of the Star Wars stuff announced is it's a lot of characters that we already know a lot of you know a lot of that kind of stuff when uh, one thing that i'm really excited about with this is that they announced a whole bunch of stuff that we have no idea about and and we'll see how a lot of that stuff plays out um yeah there there seems to be more of a a way to expand with marvel than there does with star wars and and i i do also think sometimes I know there's a lot in the comics, and I don't really... I, I've never read a comic book about anything in my entire life. Um, but, I mean, you could already tell with how everything they do. There, there's so much more in the comics. But I also just think that it's somewhat... I'm not trying to sound rude, but in a way, it's easier to expand with Marvel. Because I feel like Marvel fans have been a little less critical sometimes than... Correct. I feel like I've heard <laughs> Star Wars fans... Because, like, if something is Star Wars and it's not made, like, to a T how they want a Star Wars movie or TV show to come out and just be like, oh, my God, this is exactly what we wanted. They did everything right. Like, Marvel, you could kind of tell with the different characters that their individual movies are also just the way they're set up, their background, their story to pick. Like, the way they run the whole movie is different. You know, you get people like Iron Man, who's a little bit more sarcastic, and you can kind of see that in the movies, but he's also the smartest one. And you see all of that, but you also see Captain America. You don't get, you don't really get the same sarcastic humor, but you get what makes him who he is in his movies. And then you get, you know, Black Panther, you got everything about Wakanda, and you got everything of kind of going into the background of him, why he is who he is. Yeah, there's the, you know, bits, funny bits every once in a while, but they do very they do such a great job of exp- like explaining their characters through the movie and how they set up the movie and how they write the movies and i just think that's what's fun is that you know if you're going to see ant-man with paul rudd like there's going to be a little bit more comedy that you would get instead of seeing you know when i when you went to go see like winter soldier or something like that like right. part of me didn't expect that but and I I don't know why, but I just enjoy that. I enjoy the fact that each movie is set up and built differently, and they always add in more characters. And I was just a little Easter egg. There's so much that they do. I just think that works to me works better than Star Wars. Yeah, when when you're talking about those Star Wars fans, you know, like you said, they they have that. Uh, it, you know, you'll get that vague answer sometimes of it doesn't feel Star Wars, you know, mm-hmm. or uh, you know. Where, where it's tough and where like they'll complain if it's too much fan service like rise of skywalker which a lot of people complain about that but yet they also love the fan service and things like oh boba fett's here and mandalorian you know like 
so it, it, it's it's walking a fine line of we want something new, but we also don't for Star Wars. While Marvel, mm. because I think part of the the basis is that they these are based off comic books, and they are able to already have a lot of these characters pre-made, and then they just adapt it for TV uh, and movies, and it makes it a little easier, I think. Because uh, when people are expecting an adaptation, they're expecting some changes compared yeah. to, uh, you know, maybe you creating a brand new Star Wars story for the first time and people, you know, get a little bit weary about that. Uh, so let's get into it here. Uh, we're going to start off with 2021 and we're just going to kind of go in order of release Thank here God. and then we'll you, talk about you know, the future. Let's <laughs> not think about this turn here. <laughs> This is the first year, 2020, the first year since 2009 without any MCU content. It felt so empty, too. It did. It did. Uh, Especially when you think, like, like, WandaVision will be the first project we see since Far From Home. It's crazy. Like, I'll watch um, Infinity War is one of my favorite ones to watch. And I've even kind of watched a little bit of Endgame. I like to skip around Endgame a little bit because there's some parts that I'm just not, not overly excited to always watch i just think it it drags a little but i'm watching it going man i remember how like trying to get tickets driving to work um, yeah how like how crazy it was to see both of those movies when they came out and what they meant to the whole mcu and then to think this year it was nothing and obviously it wasn't supposed to be nothing but it's just like it's weird it's weird to think how wandavision i know we're about to, to talk about it it's the first thing to pop up in a while, and it's 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 it makes it more exciting to actually get to see it. <laughs> it's going to be the first thing of Phase Four is WandaVision. Uh, it premieres January fifteenth, as stated earlier. That is a Friday, if I am correct. Yes, it is. Just like the usual Disney Plus releases, starring Elizabeth Olsen as Scarlet Witch, Paul Bettany as Vision. Kat Dennings as Darcy Lewis from Thor and Thor the Dark World. Randall Park as Agent Jimmy Woo. He was in Ant-Man and the Wasp. And to, uh, to, to Yanya, to Tanya Paris, I don't know if I'm saying that right, Tiana Paris as adult Monica Rambo. She was the little kid in Captain Marvel. Uh, directed by Matt Shackman and written by Jack, uh, Jack Schaefer, who's the head writer of the series, they released the second trailer of WandaVision at the same time here. And this was really like exciting in the sense of we got a lot more content in the Marvel portion than I would have thought, because during a lot of the earlier part of the panels, they were blacking out stuff where it would kind of go to a screen and say like, you know, <laughs> like it comes back in two minutes because uh, and investors like the actual big investors got mm-hmm. to see that stuff. But uh, Marvel, I don't think, had any of those. It was it was pretty much all something that we saw when they were showing something. But I- I'm pumped for WandaVision. We're only a month away at this point. As I stated at the top of the show, we'll be breaking that down weekly here on this podcast. And uh, I'm excited to... S- I- Look, I'm excited to see Darcy again. I'm excited to see Jimmy Woo again. Like, this is going to be pretty exciting. And the trailer sets up and they, they've been releasing these posters weekly uh daily as well leading up to this where each poster 
was kind of based on a certain time frame that it seems like the show was going to be going over. So you got like the 50s black and white style that we've seen. We've seen the 60s style, 70s, 80s, 90s, and uh, the early 2000s, which uh, Kevin Feige said that they'll be doing, uh, you know, kind of riffs on all those types. And it seems like for some reason they're stuck in this town. And I guess Vision is back to life or not. I don't He's definitely has his own agency, you know, like he's doing his own things without Wanda being there. So we'll see how that plays out. But I, I'm really excited for this. What was your impression of the trailer? I loved the 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 music that they used it in. It was kind of like a creepy version of of the song at certain times. <laughs> um, you know, in, in turn, in, in terms of this show, I, I think this was. This was the one out of the initial three that they announced that I was the least excited. And I'm not trying to, I, I am very excited for it. It's still, it, it just seems, it's, it's even watching the trailer. I'm watching the trailer again right now just to kind of like get used to it again. But it just seems, I, I'm, I'm somewhat confused almost, which I think does actually kind of make the show a little bit I think bit you're supposed exciting. to be. <laughs> yeah. Like I, between the trailers I've seen, the, the posters that you're talking about, I've seen those as well. I don't, I guess I'm not fully understanding the show yet. Um, which is not going to, you know, doesn't mean the show won't be really good. Cause I don't, I trust everything they, they do with these Marvel, uh, shows and, and movies. Um, because one, I, I am intrigued with why is Vision is is he back? Like you kind of mentioned, is he back? Like when is because this is taking place after? Is this set to take place after the End Game? After End Game, right? Yep. Yeah. So we don't know a lot about what's going to happen. What happened with him? Obviously, he died at the end of um, Infinity War. So then, like, what exactly occurred with him during all this time frame? Is this something that's just kind of going on in her head? Are they stuck in some sort of time loop? I guess there's a lot that it could be. Um, I, I am kind of, I am excited for how it is set up, though. It, it does look really cool with the different, like, decades of TV. Um, like you kind of mentioned, the 50s, 60s, and just kind of seeing it, it go through. I do love Vision. I love Paul Bettany. And so I am excited to kind of see a show that's, that's pretty much highlighting his character instead of He's kind of really just there from uh, Age of Ultron and Infinity War, and then uh, other than that, you you don't feel like there's a whole lot of, of vision. I know he's he's there in Civil War, kind of like at the bits and pieces of it, but this is still the one that I'm I'm the least I'm worried, but I'm also excited at the same time. I think that's the this is the only one from those shows that I get that feeling, just because I I just really don't know what what to expect or what's about what what it's about but i actually now that you mentioned it in the um the character list because i i didn't really pick up on them during the first few times i saw the uh previews but it is kind of it is exciting to see um darcy and uh agent jimmy Wu. i loved him in ant-man and the wasp he was so good one of the (laughs) um so i i didn't pick up on that until you actually i'm reading your recap here um i didn't notice them until that and now that i watched the trailer again now i could i could pick them out waiting to see where they were um so i i'm excited it's just i i'm just a little bit worried just because i just don't i don't know what it is i I just really i i just don't and it's hard to it's hard to explain that i guess 
Yeah, I guess we'll see how it goes. I mean, you know, the, the way that they've explained this before is kind of like half sitcom, half Marvel cinematic universe epic. So uh, really going to see have to see how they balance this and, and what the length of episodes are like. You know, is it similar to Mandalorian where it can range anywhere from 30 to 45 minutes or 55 minutes? Or is it going to be consistently closer to the hour mark? Uh, the way they always talk about this series is that it's six hours uh, which typically means six episodes, you know, around 40 minutes if you're going by See, standard. That, 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 that would be nice because I think sometimes with the Mandalorian, like with the Mandalorian, which is obviously their biggest show, I think that they've created the long, it, I enjoy the longer episode, especially if you're only going to make it a, you know, six to eight episode season. Like give us, give us enough content to where, I guess that that's the part that worries me is that if it's going to be half sitcom-y, half Marvel, I want the episodes to be long enough to where I don't feel like one episode we just get like the the cute sitcom-y type, type deal with just a little bit of kind of progressing their Marvel storyline. You know, like, right. the, like I want it to be I want it to be both and I want there to be sufficient time to where you don't feel like anything's getting rushed. Yeah, I don't think it'll be rushed. I, I do think that they will... I, I think it'll be probably started off... I'd say maybe the first half of the episode, the way I'm going to guess here, is going to be where everything kind of seems happy. It's going to be like the 50s. 50s television was very kind of like happy-go-lucky you know, type of situations at times. And I think that eventually something's going to happen where it starts making her think something's wrong. Mm-hmm. somebody has some sort of spell. It's got to be over this certain area or something. Because even Monica Rambo, when she comes in and she's kind of saying her lines and then uh, Wanda asks her a question and she kind of looks confused and says, I don't know. And then it kind of like glitches out and she's back to being smiley happy. So I think there's something going on here that uh, makes me think before, maybe I thought before and it was in her head or something, but now I'm starting to think that it's more of a certain almost like a dome area that maybe has some sort of uh, spell on it or something. Mm -hmm. uh, but only a month away from our first MCU content since July of 2019. So <laughs> looking forward to that. All right, moving on to Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, this got a premiere date as well, March 19th is when that's going to premiere, I believe. Uh, let's say, so let, let's go ahead and say that January 15th, uh, when WandaVision premieres, and we have six episodes, and we got one, two, three, four, five, six. That would end February 26. Mm. At that point, then you're only going to have three weeks without MCU content, if that's how it goes. If they stretch it out to where... You know, it might be six hours long, but not six episodes. Maybe it's eight episodes. Then you're looking at maybe a week or no weeks without any sort of uh, gap here. So we'll see how that plays out. But this series is going to be starring Anthony Mackie as Sam Wilson, Sebastian Stan as Bucky Barnes, Daniel Brühl is back as Baron Zemo uh, from Captain America Civil War. We got Emily Van Camp back as Sharon Carter from Winter Soldier and Civil War. And we got newcomer Wyatt Russell as John Walker. He is known as U.S. agent in the comics. 
And uh, it seems like they're going to be playing up a bit of that storyline as well. This is directed by Carrie Skogland and written by the head writer Malcolm Spellman. Your thoughts on the new Falcon and Winter Soldier trailer? Uh, this is the one I, I'm most excited for. I, I just, um, the very beginning of the trailer where um, Falcon, uh, he's like the, the legacy, or he's, he's like the legacy of the shield is complicated. And then you like look at uh, Sebastian Stan, and he's the like the look that he gives them. I don't know. It's. I think this is going to be the one that, personally, I think this is going to be the one that's going to be the best. I think Loki will be the one that people love the most. Just, I think people love Loki as a villain, and I I think of his character in the in the show will be, will make people feel as though that's the best show. But I think this is going to be the one that is going to be the most entertaining between. Falcon kind of becoming Captain America, you know, at the end of Endgame where he gives a shield to, when he gives the shield, I think that's one of the coolest scenes at the end. I think when Sam gets it and he's just, he's just like, you can kind of tell, he just knows what happened without even really telling him. Sam knows that he stayed because he wanted to be with Peggy and, you know, it's I don't know. I'm just, I'm so excited. It's, it's hard to put into words. I, this is the show I was waiting for the most. And honestly, the trailer did nothing to curb my excitement, like did nothing to say like, hey, you shouldn't be excited. Because I also, after, um, after Bucky kind of got through his whole crazed, I'm going to kill everybody phase, and he started becoming more so with the Avengers, I think that itself was exciting to start seeing him again as the Bucky that you first meet in uh, Captain America, the you know first Avenger, and now to see him in even more of a prominent role as like the good guy fighting with Falcon slash uh, is he going to be called Captain America? Uh, I'm assuming, or is he? You know, is he? Just I, not so he gonna... he has become Captain America in the comics before. Um, and I think he will, but I think that's going to be the journey of the show. So I think he'll be Falcon as he's trying to think he, you know, until he feels like he earns the shield. And then I think from there he would become Captain America. It's, it's, it's such a cool, the, just the trailer itself is, is so cool. And I'm, I'm just so excited to see not only his transition into becoming Captain America, you know, obviously, it's not going to be an easy thing to do because, you know, um, I'm really blanking on names. I don't even know why I can't think of Captain America's real name. What, what am I? Why am I forgetting this? Steve Rogers yeah, or why? Chris Evans? Which one? <laughs> Steve Rogers. Yeah, like him transitioning to, you know, he, you know, he's <clears throat> Steve Rogers, like best friend besides Bucky. You know, the he played such a important role into what Captain America did after the first Captain America movie, you know, when he finally gets kind of brought in during Winter Soldier to see him have to take over for that role and the, how complicated it's going to be. And then you have Bucky, you know, Steve, Ro- Captain Steve Rogers, best friend from, you know, before World War Two, but, you know, he come, he's still alive. It's, it's all just so exciting. And like I said, the trailer, it, it looks like it's going to be, it, it kind of almost, this one looks more so like what you'd expect, 
like a bunch of mini Marvel movies to be. That's what it kind of looks like mm-hmm. to me. It really and reminds think, me of the Winter Soldier type of uh, look. Yeah, it just I, I think they I think for the first off I think they're a really good duo. I think you can kind of see it. You see it initially in Civil War when they have to kind of like become friends, even though they don't like each other. Like you know in the scene when they're in the car and uh, Steve, Steve's kissing uh, Sharon. I'm yeah. assuming, like, you can kind of see how they have to go from, like, these, they hate each other, but then they slowly progress and they start becoming friends, and now they're kind of like, I, I guess I don't know how we're going to see it until the show happens, but they look as though they have to become, like, best friends, or maybe they've become best friends over the course of time, and, you know, they they have to fi- find out, it's interesting to see what they're going to be doing in terms of who they are fighting as well. I'm assuming they're going to be fighting Baron, but also what happened? Did we know what happened to him or was he, he was in prison. He's he's Uh, in in prison. Yeah. He was going to kill himself. And that's when, uh, uh, T'Challa stopped him from, uh, so he used the best line in, in civil war with the, uh, the living are not done with you yet. And, uh, he was in prison. So he at some point either escapes or gets out. But I think we got three villains in this. I think we have Baron Zemo. I think we have John Walker, uh, who I think the U.S. government is the one that I I think they want him to kind of secede um, uh, Steve as Cap. And then you have that's kind of the plot line in the in the uh, comics. And then Erin Kellyman, she played... uh, she played Emphis Nest in Solo. Uh, she's in the series as well, and people are speculating that she is Flag Smasher. So Flag Smasher is a, um, a, a comic book villain that is against patriotism. So he's anti-patriot. He doesn't. He he kind of has no uh, allegiance to any country. He does not like Captain America. He does not like America. He does not like the Soviet Union. He pretty much does not like, uh, anything. He, he's very anti that. And it looks like Aaron Kellerman might be playing Flag Smasher, uh, which would be a, uh, pretty interesting role. We see her a few times in this trailer putting on kind of like this makeshift mask that kind of looks, uh, yeah, was just well, like a handprint over it. Yeah, that's that's who people think she is. But yeah, that's the girl from Solo who was uh, Enfys Nest there. And uh, so I think we might get three villains with, with that. Um, uh, I guess we'll see. I think I think that you know he's probably going to be going after. They're probably going to be going after Baron Zemo and maybe uh, Flag Smashers. You know, coming in doing her thing, and then you also have. Uh, John, the the struggle of which one will be Captain America, John Walker or Sam Wilson, I think, mm-hmm. might be a, a main plot line there. I mean, this was the one I was most excited for as well. I, I think that's why they wanted to launch the show with this. It just has so many ties to the MCU compared to like WandaVision, you know, which is yeah, going to be yeah. more focused on Wanda and Vision and just a few people. But this has, like I said, Falcon as Winter Soldier. These are two of their biggest names, along with Baron Zemo, Sharon Carter, <laughs> you know, like uh, yeah. they're supposed to be. Apparently, there's people speculating there's ties to um, 
uh, ties to Black Widow in here as well. Uh, so we might notice something when we see Black Widow whenever we get a chance to actually see that. <laughs> yeah, this one, it, it definitely, I think that's what makes uh, Winter, Falcon, Winter Soldier, and and Loki, which I know is is coming up here. But I think that's what makes them a little bit, not just like, not to, you know, diminish WandaVision, but I think with their ties into the MCU, the characters' ties into the MCU, how much more we know about them, what they've done in the movies, it just feels like those two feel more Marvel-like, and even their trailers, they're, watching the trailer makes you think you're going to go see a Marvel movie to me. Watching both of their trailers, it was like, oh, this is going to be a movie, you know? Whereas WandaVisions was more like, I, you know, you just don't really know. Like, it does look more like a sitcom, but you know it's not. But I think the way they portrayed them in the trailers, the two, Loki and Falcon Winter Soldier, they just look more so like Marvel than WandaVision does. Yeah, and I think I think that's why I'm excited for WandaVision as well, is I think that'll show what the you know what makes the MCU stand out at times is the fact that it can be so many different things. Like WandaVision looks very different from Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um you know, so when a lot of people say that these series and movies are all the same, they're not, right? Like they're they're very different. Like I, I yeah. yes, they have some humor at times, but you know, especially since we moved away from origin stories, it really feels like it's opened up. You know, Phase Three really opened up the MCU. I feel like to it being wacky, wonderful, weird, uh, different every movie, pretty much. You know. Yeah. Um, I guess we'll move on. Black Widow, May seventh. So again, if Falcon and the Winter Soldier is six episodes, like they've been saying then that gives us two weeks between Falcon and the Winter Soldier and Black Widow. So I'm thinking that might be a theme here uh, with two weeks between these projects to get people a chance to see them before the next thing. Um, May 7th, they said it's still coming out in theaters, which was interesting because uh, Disney's new movie in March, Raya and the Last Dragon, is going to be theaters and Disney Plus premiere access. So maybe as we get closer to May 7th, if things are still not going great, you get that added on to where it'll be both. But uh, I, I really think they're going to just let May 7th come. And if either way, I think those movies getting released around then, because I don't think they're willing to keep pushing back at this point, especially with a vaccine coming. Yeah, I feel like it's that's it seems like it's going to be coming out. Uh, at that point, I feel like they've pushed it back so much that I, I really don't think a whole year push back. Yeah, they're not. I in even a worst case scenario, I think they just kind of go, you know what, Disney Plus, you know, I, I just I can't see them continuing to do it because I in a way like it's it sounds bad. But with it keep with it kept getting pushed back, it almost it's not making me almost like more excited. I'm more so just kind of like, can we just like release it already? Get it over it. with. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, so pumped even... for this movie all the way up till November when it, you know, when it was originally set for November. Yeah. And now I'm just like, okay, can we just release it Disney plus or I'll pay for it. Like, I just want to see it. Uh, yeah. Cause at this point, like it, when it was supposed to come out last year, it was almost perfect because you know, it, it seemed like a really good post Endgame type of situation, you know, get this movie in, especially after everything happens with Black Widow and Endgame. 
but now it's been so long it's i'm just like can i just see it like I don't even know what to. I don't even know what to expect. I I don't even know if I can remember much about the trailer at this point. You know, I just kind of want to see it. You know, let, let let me just watch it. Yeah, that's how I feel. You know, we got we got Taskmaster, who's the villain in it. We have Red Guardian in it. That's the one played by, uh, you know, um, David Harbor. Uh, we got Florence Pugh is going to be in it as uh, Yelvena, which is another Black Widow. Uh, so we'll see how it goes and. Uh, Hopefully, you know, that's five months from now. Hopefully we're able to see it, whether it's in theaters or on Disney Plus. I think it's time to release it. Yeah. Um, Loki was next. That just doesn't have an official date, but it has May. So let's say, let's let's guess by this two-week thing that we've been kind of figuring out here. Two weeks from May 7th would be May 21st. That's a Friday. It could. It's possible. It's possible it premieres around then. Um, starring Tom Hiddleston as Loki from, you know, Thor, Avengers. Uh, got Owen Wilson, Gugu Mbatha-Raw, Sophia DiMartino, v- uh, Vunmi Mosako, and Richard E. Grant. Uh, he was most recently in The Rise of Skywalker as one of the Imperials. Directed by Kate Heron, head writer Michael Waldron. And uh, this this trailer was a delight, and it as a as a show that is so far away, I think it actually had the longest of the trailers. Yeah, it did. it was almost it's like three minute two trailer. two minutes and forty five seconds or so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, it it was easily the longest one. It looks like it's. Um, I I still looking at it right now. I. I feel like Owen Wilson's character is Howard Stark. I'm sorry. He just looks so much like him. <laughs> I don't know if they did that on purpose. But... No, I don't think they did it on purpose. He's he's uh, supposed to be in the Time Variance Authority. Um, so we'll see. I, I like the way that they open up this trailer with the scene from Endgame uh, mm-hmm. to, to very, really cement the fact that this is loki from that universe right like he's the one that gets the cube they set it up in endgame he gets out of there and he lands in this uh sandy place um, that i guess is on earth i'm not really certain i guess we we see people yeah i guess he lands somewhere in like mid the mid-east or something i'm not sure um and then he's uh, next scene we know he's in the elevator with uh with uh, Owen Wilson, and uh, you know, <laughs> Owen Wilson calls him out on on Loki's lie that he doesn't like talking because he knows, you know, <laughs> uh, which we know is to be true that Loki loves talking. And then they kind of show us this, um, this, like uh, where we're kind of seeing the events of Avengers from. Loki's point of view, almost. Uh, I'm trying to describe this as best as I can, but we have like a, a projection on the wall. It seems like that is of the uh, you know Hawkeye's arrow, um, him holding up the arrow pointed at his face, uh, like we see in Avengers after Loki gets knocked yeah. out. And uh, so it's like they're almost like reliving that for him or something, trying to get information maybe. Not certain, but uh, for people that don't know, the Time Variance Authority is a um, 
is something set up to kind of prevent people from tempering with the time uh, stream and, and all the universes and multiverses. And as we know that the Avengers kind of opened this door in Endgame, it's funny that Loki's the one that's kind of dealing with those repercussions of him escaping. And it makes me wonder if this is, I think this is going to be part of setup for what's going to be going on forward as we're getting more of the multiverse stuff and we're getting more of the time stuff. I think that might be what we're building towards in phases four and five, kind of like the way we built up to Thanos. Um, I think we're going to be building up to something along with this. Now there are three statues in this trailer as well, which could be of uh, if you look up pictures of these people they're called the timekeepers they kind of match the statues their names are ast vorth and xanth they are the timekeepers who were created by he who remains he who remains is the very last director of the time variance authority and it's existing at the common endpoint of all surviving realities in the multiverse um, so they serve two purposes. Uh, their purposes are that they would be a gift to the future, teaching those of the next universal cycle how to avoid the errors of the past. And second, they would serve as living batteries of chronal power, uh, which is the energy of the TVA's eternity of existence. So a lot of words there. Let's break that down real quick. Yeah. Uh, we got the Time Variance Authority. We got three people that have the statues, and I think they might be the faces on the wall as well that we get kind of like etched in wood. Mm-hmm. Um, but these big three statues that are kind of like at the base of the elevator. If you look up these characters, because some people thought these were uh, other people, but when, when you look at them and you look at the characters, because I'm not familiar with these three timekeepers, as even as somebody that reads comics, I have not gotten around to any of the Time Variance Authority. But uh, they seem to really match the look here. Um, so I think we're going to be getting some really weird stuff with Loki. And for some reason... He's going to be kind of going back in the past, it seems. So I, I even looked like there was a armor, like a knight in armor at some point with like a fire. Uh, kind of, they show a brief bit there of that. And I remember before Loki, um, when they first announced the Loki series, which may have been before infinity war i'm not sure it it was a while ago that they announced this series and they announced it as a series of loki traveling through time to certain points in human history and then we got the last trailer you know during like around the super bowl and people saw the tva on his chest meaning the time variance authority and people are like oh well this is probably him with all this stuff. And I think we kind of thought that that original explanation of what the series was, was no longer true. But now with this weird part where he's on the plane and he robs the plane, gets out of the plane and he's like DB Cooper, which if you're familiar with DB, are you familiar with DB Cooper, Matt? He's a legend. The name is familiar. I, I don't know why, though. I've heard D.B. Cooper. I'm going to look that up real quick. Yeah, and if you see the picture of him, they really try to nail the picture of uh, when people did a sketch of D.B. Cooper. They really tried to nail that look with Loki here. 
So in 1971, yeah, in 1971, Loki, uh, I was going to say Loki hijacks, uh, but it's, apparently that's what happens. But in 1971, D.B. Cooper hijacked a plane, a Boeing 727, and asked for quite a large sum of money into a duffel bag. And uh, he just jumped out the plane. And uh, in this case, we see him call to Heimdall, Heimdall and uh, Thor, and he gets, you know, the Rainbow Bridge, uh, the, the uh, Bifrost takes him out of there. Nobody actually knows what happened to D.B. Cooper. Uh, there was some stuff found, like part of the, the plane, because uh, back then they had like, you were able to put like stairs out like mid-flight, and I think now they changed it due to D.B. Cooper where they couldn't, but like part of the steps or something fell off of the plane when he jumped, and that they found in the woods in the Pacific Northwest, and they found, I think, some money that may have fell there. Um, there's no body. Uh, they think if... I would think most likely he they, they think he may have died uh, or he got away with it, but if he had you know they said at the time of day like if he had landed where some of that stuff was that they found he would have uh probably died due to weather because it was uh november in the pacific northwest he would have landed uh he was only wearing a suit and it can get really cold in that area they don't think he would have made it out especially if he landed in water at all then he would be cold with his clothes and all that People just don't think he may have made it out at this point. So, interestingly, as somebody that was a, you know, um, uh, very interested in the D.B. Cooper case, as you may tell, uh, it was very weird to see Loki uh, dressed up as him jumping out of there. And I was like, oh my, they're really going for the uh, D.B. Cooper look there. But it makes sense that... Uh, that that's what they were kind of going for, I guess, that maybe he's going to be going through time. Maybe this is to make sure that some of these events happen, right? To make sure the time stream stays intact. Maybe something messed it up or something, and he's not really D.B. Cooper, but now he has to take on that role and kind of fill in uh, here and there. I would say the the basis around the show and, and the summary here, it does seem as though they're using him as a like a, a time, like kind of like a time cop. Like they're going to use, even just the way he's kind of getting questioned, I feel like, uh, what is, do they have Owen Wilson's character's name? Do we know what it is? No, we do not. Like it, it seems very as though they know who he is, and they're like, hey, we, we know who you are. We know that, I think he's kind of getting punished for the whole endgame, leaving with the Tesseract thing, because I think he's the only one that's not planning... You know, obviously they mess with the timelines, but their whole plan is to get everything back into the timelines, which they do. Whereas Loki, obviously, is not going to have that. So I think they do see him as a, in a time sense, like an outlaw. So they bring him in, and then they basically use him as like their own special agent, time cop. It that it based off of the, the summary here and who the timekeepers are and the time variance authority. Like it, it does seem as though he's going to be some version of a, a time cop for them. And he's going to handle cases where he has to go into some sort of universe 
or some sort of line of a universe and be and have to fix something or do something that is relevant to making sure everything stays on track in a specific timeline or, or universe. It, it really does seem like that's what they're going for. Yeah, whatever it is, I'm here for it. And the rumor is, is that this show is going to be two six-episode seasons, um, is, is the rumor going around here from people that have sources knowing that they're actually already on pre-production of season two and that they're kind of filming these very close to each other and that we're getting the six-episode season in May and maybe another one the year after. But um, whatever it is, I, I, I'm down for this, and really looks like 2021, they're going to be knocking out these original series. Uh, they all just look so good at this point. Um, speaking of the next series that looks uh, super good as well, the first animated Marvel Studios project that's coming out in summer 2021 each episode will explore a pivotal moment from the mcu and turn it on its head we're talking about the series what if uh so if you're not familiar with the comics matt what if was also a comic run that they did at times where they would take these same sort of ideas where they might say what if you know like in this example peggy carter was a super soldier instead of you know steve rogers and it could you know do a one-off issue about that so uh, it is very interesting that marvel decided to do this and i think now we're starting to see why it's not just a random cartoon of hey what if that would be fun but we're about to get a whole bunch of multiverse stuff here like we said with loki yeah. like we like we see with doctor strange coming up that this could actually be you know like no. all these universes that we see could actually be relevant to the mcu yeah. going forward yeah, that um, I think this was I, in terms of the trail, the trailers themselves. I think this one was the I, this is the one I enjoyed watching the most. One I didn't know what it was, um, but watching it, I actually didn't even understand. Sounds bad, but I didn't understand the title until about midway through the the trailer, where I was like, "Oh, <laughs> these are these are what if scenarios." Um, so I was like, oh, like, oh, it's you know, Peggy Carter's Captain America now. Oh, uh, Yondu. And I was like, Black Panther's not, you know, Black Panther. I was like, oh, OK, wait a second. Now I now I get what you mean. Um, I also I, the animation on it is insanely good, too. Um, it I, is. I it looks kinda, really good. I was getting like it almost seems like a slightly smoother Spider-Verse. You know, like the way they did the animation for it, but this one doesn't seem as I know that it's it's definitely not the same animation style, but I could see similarities in it. And I think mm -hmm. what you just kind of brought up is a good point. The fact that these are these are most likely going to be relevant once we get into these multiverse scenarios. And some of it just looks insanely cool. You get like the zombie Captain America that's like in the train yeah. with so that's that. based off of uh there was a marvel comic run called marvel zombies as well which had a <laughs> so it seems like they're taking from that as well well like it, it, it's cool to see you know you get peggy carter you get um like you kind of say here about black panthers it, you know he's picked up t'challa's picked up by yondu um the doctor strange one which i, I guess i don't fully understand his yet it just kind of looks who, like maybe it ties it in. Like, maybe it ties into multiverse of madness. I mean, maybe yeah, that's say, his was his was a little less understanding. But you do you 
you can clearly see there's still a lot in there because you also get the collector, I believe, is in a clip. I believe that's who it is. He's like in all white. It almost looks like he's just like, it's like in a random, I don't know if it's, it's kind of toward the end of it. He's got like this big fur coat on and you see Hawkeye and then it looks like the collector, Iron Man, Captain Marvel. You still see all of them. And so they're all clearly playing a role in it. And is it each, is it a different universe for each one of them or are they in different universe? It's, this is the one I, I, I think I'm, super excited for this one because I just have no background into anything in this what if scenario because I since I don't look at I don't read the comics or anything I just all of this is brand new to me oh yeah that may have been the collector I didn't even realize that uh, (laughs) when I was looking at it I was like trying to figure out who that was but I think you I think you got it right there um Starring uh, most of the regular voice cast, they did announce that. I think I think it's everybody but Chris Evans and uh, Robert Downey Jr. I'm not sure. Uh, I do know that uh, Chadwick Boseman did voice all of his T'Challa lines before he passed away. That that came out in the news at some point. Um, and Jeffrey Wright as the Watcher. So uh, the Watcher is a comic book character as well. Um, if you remember, I think it's the scene in the end of Guardians Volume 2 where it has Stan Lee talking to a whole bunch of people up in space. Yeah. Um, those those are all Watchers as well, where they kind of um, watch, you know, what, what's going on, you know, and, and this is this is one of them. He's the main one. I forget what his name is off the top of my head here, but Jeffrey Wright's going to be voicing him. It's directed by Brian Andrews, and the head writer is Ashley Bradley, and there's just so many, I think they said, I think this has more than six episodes in season one, and I think it's already been reviewed for, renewed for season two, so I think this is going to be something that, you know, can be consequential, but also can just be fun stuff that they do, and they can just pump out episodes if they want, and they would have, you know, this is probably going to be fun for kids and families and just, you know, every week, if it's released weekly, which I would think, um, you can sit down and be like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen this time, right? Like, what's the what-if scenario this time? It feels like we only really know four of the what-if scenarios so far. We know that Peggy Carter is the super soldier, T'Challa taken by Yondu instead of Quill, the Marvel zombies, and Doctor Strange fighting another Doctor Strange there. But I I don't know of many others that are shown in here of something that, like, um, you know, I, I, I guess we don't really know yet on, on what some of these are going to be. So definitely looks interesting, and I am intrigued to see how this is pulled off and how this happens, and, uh, you know... This has been one of my most anticipated for a while here. I think D23, they showed some of the Peggy Carter stuff. I don't think it was released to the public. I think I watched a leaked a leaked video of it, and it looked pretty good there, too. Um, so I'm excited. Uh, then I have, after this, in July 9th of next year, Shang-Chi. Uh, actually, I think it's pronounced Shang-Chi, as Kevin Feige said it, and The Legends of the Ten Rings. Um. If you may remember, the Ten Rings was in uh, Iron Man 3 as uh, the villain organization. And um, it seems like this is going to be based off of the real Ten Rings. And this is going to have the Mandarin. You know, the Mandarin was referenced in Iron Man 3, played by, uh, what was his name, Trevor Slattery or whatever. (laughs) Um, uh, 
oh man, I'm gonna have to go back and watch <laughs> Iron Man three. Yeah, it's not one I watch a lot, but uh, he he's in it as a fake Mandarin as it comes out to at the end, and we're gonna get the real Mandarin in Legends of the Ten Rings with Shang Chi. So, looking forward to that. Any thoughts on Shang Chi at all here? Uh, you know, this is where it's gonna start getting to a point where I there there is a lot of information I don't have, and I I think it kind of starts with with anything that hasn't really come out with any type of um any type of trailer i i was just kind of looking at the the list as as to who is in it because i i just there are characters i just have no information or knowledge on and i think this is the start of it where i i just don't know who the characters are i'm gonna have to I, i'll have to watch iron man 3 again just to see the villain um and to kind of go over the 10 rings part because i i don't even i'm not even sure what that is um at this at the current moment yeah, it was the um, it was kind of built up to be that they were like the terrorist organization that was uh, that was taking on the uh, USA and like kidnapping the president and stuff. But it turned out it was Aldrich Killian with his uh, oh, what was that thing where he injects himself and lights himself on fire? That thing, <laughs> whatever that thing was. Um, Yes, uh, so late 2021, the next Disney Plus uh, TV show is Miss Marvel. That's uh, starring Iman uh, Velani as Kamala Khan, uh, Aramis Knight, Sagar Sheikh, Rish Shah, Zenobia Shroff, Mohan Kapoor, Matt Lintz, Yasmin Fletcher, Laith Naki, Azur Usman, Travina Springer, no, uh, Nimra Buka, and directed by Adil El. Robbie and Bilal Falah, Mira Manon, and Shermin Obadchanoy. I think That's I did pretty right. well there. I think yeah, I did pretty well I there. Saying, I, and I don't know a single name that you just said. <laughs> I don't know any of these actors. No, I, I don't. Uh, Miss Marvel's think, the... Um... That's the character in the, the game, video game, right? Yes. Yeah, she's... Okay. Uh, just in the new video game, and she's actually a pretty new character. I think she launched in comics in, like, 2013. It's the first time she was in comics. But she is a fan of Captain Marvel, so she kind of takes her name from that. She's got, like, posters on her wall, as we see in some of the little behind-the-scenes footage that they released. Um, and... Uh, she kind of has power similar to Mr. Fantastic. If you're listening to this and you know who that is, he kind of, you know, from the Fantastic Four, stretches his arms. He can, uh, she she can kind of do that. Um, in the comics, she is known as a Inhuman. Um, we haven't really seen any Inhumans in the Marvel Cinematic Universe yet. Uh, they were in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is I guess kind of in the MCU now. We're not really certain with how that show ended. Um, but in humans, they were really pushing in humans when Fox still had the X-Men and had the mutants as a new way Wasn't, of kind of having mutants. <laughs> isn't in humans a show? It was, it was a show on ABC for eight episodes. That was awful. Yes. Um, I think they're so going to ignore that show. <laughs> I was going to say, are they? Okay. Because I remember seeing that on Disney Plus, and I was like, "Oh, this is Marvel. Like, maybe I should try to watch it." Never did, and after what you just said, I definitely will not. 
<laughs> yeah, I think that the rumors are they're recasting the Inhumans for another show um, on Disney Plus. So I like, think they're just going to ignore not it. good. <laughs> and it wasn't so much like Ramsey from Game of Thrones is in it. It's not so much the acting quality Ramsey that was Bolton? the problem. Yeah, yeah. It, it's not so much the acting quality that was the problem. It was uh, written. The writer and director of the of the show just didn't nail the tone right and. Um, this was back when it was, you know, it was supposed to be in the MCU, but actually Marvel had nothing to do with it. It was Marvel Television that was making it, and uh, they just didn't do it justice. But what an Inhuman is, are they have like these latent abilities, kind of in them that uh, there's a certain object called Terrigen. It's like a crystal, mm-hmm. and when it when it becomes like a mist, it ends up kind of encasing them into a cocoon if you're an inhuman or if you have inhuman blood in you and when you come out of that cocoon you have like some sort of superpower um that's what an inhuman is and uh so it's a little different from mutants where you're kind of born as a mutant this is like an ability that's kind of unlocked through the terrigen mist so it would be interesting to see if that's what they do for miss marvel or if they're just gonna kind of make it a different way that she gets her powers because Inhumans are kind of actually linked with Eternals, and with Eternals coming out soon as well, that might mean that they can kind of play into that a bit. So, mm. again, not sure, but Kamala Khan is a great character. She's uh, funny. She's a fan of the superheroes, and then she gets her own powers, and she's just a you know normal high school uh, girl in New Jersey. Um trying to make it through with all of these new abilities and such. And uh, I'm really excited for it. I've I've yet to really read a lot of Miss Marvel, but, you know, from playing the game, she's she's brilliant in the game. She's characterized great. And uh, really good before 2021, going to be trying to read some of these uh, comics on Marvel Unlimited. All right, uh, Eternals. That's November fifth, twenty twenty one. That has a huge cast. I'm not going to go over all of them <laughs> here. Uh, this was pushed back a whole year now as well. That was supposed to come out November of this year, and uh, it's going to be rather disconnected from the MCU. I think for a bit, it's still supposed to take place after Endgame, um, and also through the thousands of years that these characters have been around. And Is we'll just Styles see. really going to be in it. Harry Styles? I don't think so. If you look at Eternals cast on Google, because I was like, I, I I remember this cast, and I was like, who is in it? I I just like wanted to see. The first one that pops up is Harry Styles. No, I don't the list. think he's in that. <laughs> it, says, it, goes, <laughs> it goes Harry Styles, Kit Harrington, Richard Madden. I was like, that can't be right. Like, there's no way. No, I don't think Harry Styles is actually in this. I don't see him on the real cast list, so I'm not sure. But we have... So I I will read the list now, so people are not confused when I look it up. Uh, Angelina Jolie is in it. Richard Madden is in it from Game of Thrones. Uh, Camille Nanjiani is in this. Uh, Lauren Ridloff. Brian Tyree Henry. Selma Hayek. Leah McHugh. Don Lee. Kit Harington. Gemma Chan. And Barry... Uh, Kyogen or Kogan. I think Gemma Chan is in Crazy Rich Asians. She is, yeah. She was in Captain Marvel. She was in Captain Marvel as well as uh, Minerva. She was one of the blue aliens, uh, one of the Kree. 
So, oh, okay. but since she was under all that makeup, they were like, "Oh, let's just use her again because nobody's gonna notice." Yeah, I was like, I remember that cast when it came out. That how crazy big the cast is. I'm excited to see Kit Harrington in a uh, a Marvel movie. And he's Pretty supposed cool. to be Black Knight, and Black Knight is a uh, is a <laughs> superhero. Uh, um, also named known as his name is Dane Whitman, but his character, his uh, superhero name is Black Knight. Uh, and he is, I think he has the sword um, Excalibur with him. And he, uh, he kind of um, has a love story, I think, with, with uh, Gemma Chan's uh, character. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, he's kind of, it's going to be very similar to, I would think, Jon Snow for him a bit with the sword and, and everything. Jon Snow. Yeah, but hopefully he knows something this time. Uh, <laughs> uh, late 2021 as well, we're getting Hawkeye, starring Jeremy Renner as Clint Barton, Haley Steinfeld as Kate Bishop, uh, Vera Farmiga um, is going to be Kate Bishop's mom. We Her got name's what's, Vera what's Farmiga. Yeah, I know she was in Bates Motel, but I'm not sure what else she's been another woman in. We got Tony Dalton in the cast, Zahn McLaren, Brian D.R.C. James, Alakwa uh, Cox as Maya Lopez, also known as Echo. We'll talk a little bit about her. Oh, Vera Farmiga's in, um, what's the, like, I think she's in the, uh, like, the Conjuring stuff. Yep, that's where I saw her. Oh, okay. She's good. She's good. I enjoy her in those movies. I'm excited for uh, Haley Steinfeld being Kate Bishop. You might know her from the Pitch Perfect films. Uh, she she's also, she, yeah, um, she's a God. I can't think of. She's a singer too. Yeah, she's so a singer. It makes sense with Pitch Perfect, but like, there's a couple. She songs. was in True Grit back in the day, which was a. True. Ooh, when was that? Like, 2010. That's, that's the name of my college's mascot. It's called True Grit. Oh, yeah, True Grit was a 2010 movie by the Coen brothers. It's a remake of the 1960s film. But uh, Haley Steinfeld starred in that when she was, like, a, a young girl. And I, 14, I think, or so. I, I remember I saw that one in theaters, actually. Is there, really has, there been, has there been somebody in a movie or show with the last name Bishop? Or has she been mentioned prior? Like, Kate Bishop sounds familiar. So, uh, so the rumors with Haley Steinfeld have been going on for almost a year, playing Kate Bishop. So you may have heard it from that, but uh, okay. she she takes up the Hawkeye mantle after Clint leaves it at a certain point here. So they're definitely setting her up to be the next Hawkeye. Um, so that's exciting. Uh, like I mentioned here, Alakwa Cox, starring as Maya Lopez, also known as Echo. Echo is a Native American who is born deaf and also has a white handprint on her face. We'll see if that happens in the show. But she also dresses as Ronan at some point. You know, Ronan, the same way that um, Clint dresses yeah, in Endgame. Yeah. So we'll see if that, maybe she shows up as Ronan first. And, you know, we kind of get that. Uh, does she start as a villain, maybe? Um, which has happened, I think, in some of the comics. Uh Rumored to be in the show as well as Florence Pugh, uh, who plays Yelena in Black Widow. So maybe she'll make an appearance again as well. And this is going to be directed by 
uh, Reese Thomas and Bert and Birdie, which is a director duo. Bert and Ernie. Bert and Birdie. <laughs> I know. I was like the first time. I Bert saw and Ernie's that, totally like, something different. <laughs> And uh, when I read it, I was like, Burton Ernie. Hmm. But I'm excited for Hawkeye. I think this could be another one yeah. that kind of feels similar to uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah, and it's it's kind of nice to get. Um, I know we're getting. You get a lot. You 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 get more Black Widow and Hawkeye to me in the whole phase one to three. We're very. I think everyone kind of puts them together, and I think you see that even in in-game when they go on their mission together, and obviously they have their whole, you know, who's going to jump off for the, the Soul Stone. So I, I think they're kind of, in a way, synonymous with each other. But the other thing is you just don't have a lot of background to them. Where, But you feel like you have more about Black Widow because she's just kind of there more, um, and she has a more prevalent role in the in the initial phases. And obviously she gets her movie. You're going to get like, we're going to get all the background. So it, it's nice though, to see Hawkeye getting that chance to, to get more Hawkeye and have him be a centralized character. And hopefully, I mean, if, if, if what is supposed to happen and Kate Bishop becomes Hawkeye, then at least you're constantly seeing Marvel figure out ways to, and I'm sure it's how it goes in the comics, but we, people can, manipulate and change things but it's nice to see them kind of pass down the mantles as time goes on and hopefully it it continues that way to where they can obviously one day they'll stop making these movies but it's nice to see them carry on the characters and try to figure out ways to move the cinematic universe forward while keeping some sort of reminiscent part of the past so like you're still going to get you know, a Captain America, but it's Falcon now. But you're you're gonna get a Hawkeye, but it's Kate Bishop. Like, but they're gonna have their own story. So they're expanding while keeping the parts that they need to keep with characters, but expanding the universe by making it different characters. If that makes sense. Yeah, totally. No, I get what you mean. So like, I, I like that. I like that they're doing that. Where you you could end up if it works out you know you have kate bishop you know she could be in some movies with you know the different phases but then you could also she could end up with her own tv show you know it's like it, it could just be an incredibly smart powered money type of plan by disney and marvel which i wouldn't shock me they're very smart companies they know what they're doing but that that's what makes them so good is that they know that they're doing this and they're doing it the right way where you there it's just, it's like an endless possibilities type of scenario and that's kind of proven here with how they're handling the second main phase i guess I, what are they calling it again it's like what what's the what were the first three i always feel like you, you know the first three phases was the infinity saga um uh, they haven't named this one yet um but it's like it, it's, it's nice phase four is to, all they've said yeah so it's like they know how to progress it. They know how we're going to continue to be interested. And and I know, honestly, Disney Plus is a great way to do it because now you can get these TV shows out that go along with the, the MCU, not like the, the TV shows Netflix came out with. You know, the, I know we're going to get to Daredevil. I know his, his character pops up, or is, he's rumored, I believe. Um. So I know, like, yeah, there, there's part of that, but I think having Disney Plus is going to make it easier to expand upon the MCU, whereas Netflix 
I'm not really sure how those characters play a huge role, you know, like Iron Fist or um, the one with David Tennant in it. I can't think Jessica of Jessica Jones. Name. Jessica Jones. Like, I, I know that they're Marvel stuff, but, like, at the same time, I've never really seen a reason to... I, I haven't had much of a reason to watch it. I want to watch Jessica Jones because of David Tennant. But I'm not wanting to watch it to see how it does anything in the MCU. But I think Disney Plus is going to let them do that with these shows where you're you're going to kind of have to watch these shows because at some point that show is going to be relevant to this movie or this show is going to be something that happened and this show is going to be relevant to that movie. And I think that's, that's how it should be with, with something as big as the MCU. Yeah. Um, I think what helps too with this is compared to when it was on like broadcast TV with like agents of shield and stuff. Um, you get, um, it's more accessible now, Yeah, you know, like people will just be able to watch all of the MCU in like one spot minus the Hulk film and, and the Spider-Man films just because of rights issues. But God, I hope we get the Spider-Man you, you, rights. You don't have to worry. So you don't have to worry about like, you know, like when it's broadcasting on TV and you're like, Oh, did I DVR it? Do I have to, yeah. do I have to find it on, um, do I have to buy an episode on iTunes? Do I have to wait till the DVD comes out? Like you're just able to sign up for Disney plus and just watch them as they air. And it's accessible. Disney plus is still only what? Six 99 a month. It's going to be going up in March to seven 99, but it's, it is a, you know, it, like you said, it's really going to help expand it. And if the show doesn't work, let's say people don't take to, a show of Miss Marvel and you're not going to produce a second season. Oh, well she can show up in another show. She can show up in another movie, you know, like yeah. you don't, that you just don't worry about another season of it and you can still have this character all set up and ready to go. Yep. So let's get to Spider-Man three. We didn't get any news of it during the show, but there's been a crap ton of rumors about this and some news uh, <laughs> <laughs> since uh, all of this week. Uh, but this I don't know if, if your Twitter has <laughs> been like mine, but I feel yes. like mine's everyone joking going like, such Anakin Skywalker <laughs> is going to be in Spider-Man 3. Yeah, I've seen a lot of that. <laughs> uh. um, so this is premiering December 17th, 2021, if everything works out right. Uh, we had some news earlier in the summer or, you know, earlier in the year, Jamie Foxx coming back as Electro. He was Electro in Amazing Spider-Man 2, which was the Andrew Garfield film. He's coming back into this one as Electro, kind of like the same way I would think. The way that it's been explained to us before, just like, um, uh, oh, I'm blanking on his name now. J.K. Simmons as uh, J. Jonah Jameson at the end of Far From Home. He was J. Jonah Jameson in the, in the Tobey Maguire films. Just, it's not set in the same universe, but it's just okay. Perfectly cast. It we're using him again. I think that's what's going to happen here. But with some of the rumors we've been getting, maybe not. Uh, the Hollywood Reporter uh, has broke the story that Alfred Molina is coming back as Doc Ock. He was Doc Ock in Spider-Man 2 with Tobey Maguire back in 2004. So we're, we're not sure how that's working out, but he was seen on set as well, apparently. So that one's, that one's pretty confirmed, I think. Rumors of a Tobey Maguire coming back as Peter Parker from Spider-Man 1 through 3. Uh, there's also rumors of him wanting $15 million, so who knows if that's actually going to happen for such a small role. 
Uh, Andrew Garfield is apparently signed on, it's the rumors here, to come back as his Peter Parker from Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2. Emma Stone is apparently in talks to come back as Gwen Stacy. She is pregnant right now as well, I think, is the rumors. So who knows if that's going to actually happen. Uh, Kristen Dunst is is rumored or signed on to be coming back as Mary Jane Watson from the original Spider-Man films. And then another weird rumor, Charlie Cox coming back as Daredevil from the Netflix series Daredevil. And Kevin Feige did confirm that this would link to WandaVision and Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. So, uh, I said on the show before, probably the last episode, that I didn't think this meant multiverse stuff, but I don't know. With all of this stuff uh, that I thought was kind of pie-in-the-sky rumors here seemingly starting to get confirmed, mm. I'm starting to think maybe it could be multiverse shenanigans going on here, at least for the last third of the film. Yeah, I don't think it's a... I don't think it's a multiverse film. I don't think it's going to be focused on it, but it, because even from what you were just kind of mentioning, it, it seems like the only one that's officially signed on is Andrew Garfield. The rest sound like rumors. And so to me, until more information comes out with it, I don't think we can, I think it's easier to think of it as not a, spider verse multiverse type of thing but there's going to be something in it that plays into something after spider-man 3 yeah i mean from what somebody said somebody that has insider knowledge apparently said that uh it's still very much about tom holland and still very much about those uh you know him being on the run but that in the last act of the film is when we get some of these characters, but that they don't spend, uh, that they don't take up too much of the time here. Now, Charlie Cox could be back as Daredevil. Um, that's the rumor, by the way. Uh, kind of more than a rumor. A lot of places have been kind of picking it up as, as something we're just waiting for, like, again, Variety, Deadline, or The Hollywood Reporter to say something. Mm-hmm. But, um, that would fit almost. Peter Parker's going to need a lawyer probably with his uh, issues going on with him being outed as Spider-Man and, you know, uh, Mysterio saying that he's the one who killed him. He's going to probably need a lawyer. Charlie Cox, Daredevil, uh, Matt Murdock is a lawyer. So maybe he takes up the case or maybe he runs into him at some point. Who knows? Um, again, it doesn't even mean that the Netflix one is in the same universe. This could it could be just a different Matt Murdock in this time, even though it kind of started out in the same universe. They make a lot of references to it in the first few seasons of the show, but kind of peters out. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to say I don't want multiverse stuff in Spider-Man right now. I think this would be fine if we built up to this as Spider-Man four, but I'm just going to have faith here in Kevin Feige and what they've done because they haven't let me down yet that I think <laughs> that it'll be done fine. And if it's done good, if it's done well, then this is going to be fantastic. I, I love the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man films. I would love to see him as kind of older Spider-Man. Uh, Andrew Garfield, I actually really liked his portrayal as Spider-Man, but Spider- Amazing Spider-Man 2 was just not very good. Um, so I, th- that would be 
kind of interesting to see. And I did like Charlie Cox's Daredevil. So if all this stuff comes true, and as we already know, Benedict Cumberbatch is going to be Doctor Strange. So we kind of thought it would tie in with Doctor Strange. So I think that's that's the part that I'm more excited about. And I get it. People always say, well, why can't Spider-Man just have his own film right now? And one, we've had five films with Spider-Man by himself. That's Spider-Man 1 through 3 and Amazing Spider-Man 1 through 2. But two, the contract pretty much states when when Sony made the deal with Disney that, okay, you get to use him in your films, but we get to use some of your characters in ours. And that's the deal. They want people to show up. That's why they put Iron Man in Spider-Man Homecoming. They wanted the Iron Man uh, MCU audience to come see Spider-Man Homecoming and not worry about, oh, this is another reboot of Spider-Man, but think, okay, so this takes place with Iron Man. Cool, I'm in. I'm in it, you know? And... The second one, that's why they're like, okay, Far From Home, we're going to put Nick Fury and uh, 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 Maria Hill in the show, uh, in the movie, because that they're not as big names, but like character-wise, but Samuel L. Jackson's pretty huge of a star. So you get that in there as well. So you just knew for Spider-Man 3, we were going to get somebody. And uh, there was rumors, I think, before Far From Home that, that the rumors was that Benedict Cumberbatch would be in Doctor Strange in that one, and I thought that would be a really cool matchup. They're two New York superheroes. They're not far from each other. That would be really great. Um, so yes, I, I love Benedict Cumberbatch's Doctor Strange. Uh, Doctor Strange, the film, I, I I did enjoy. I'm not as big of a fan of it now. Um, I'm still huge. I I, I don't know but I love is, the character. I think he's yeah. really good in Thor Ragnarok. He's really great in Infinity War, and he's really great in Endgame. So I, I do. I think Infinity War was his coming out party, really. Of you know, Doctor Strange is great. He seemed more. Yeah. He seemed more comfortable in Infinity War. Yes, because Doctor Strange was definitely a lot more about creating the character than because um, you, you could even tell in the first scene when he's talking with um, why can't think of the the guy's name that he worked that that's at, that's at the the place with him. Wong. Wong. Yeah. He like, you could just see how comfortable they, like he just seemed more comfortable in the character and his lines. Um, but with like the Spider-Man thing, I, I actually kind of, I almost, I know that they have to put somebody in it, but I actually think with how they've handled Spider-Man, I don't know if it's how the writers have done it or, just Tom Holland, how he portrays Spider-Man. But I feel like them having these people in the movie with him makes the Tom Holland Spider-Man a better character, though, too, because he's kind of, he's learning. Like, he's not, you know, there's something about, he's, like, learning to to become this superhero. And I feel like, you know, and then initially I love how they bring in Tony Stark because he becomes, like, a father figure to him. You know, he becomes the guy who's going to, you know, take care of him and teach him how basically to become, he wants him to become a better version of himself. Like he even says it in um, Far From, or not Far yeah, Far From Homecoming. He says it in Homecoming. He's like, I wanted you to be better than me. Like he's like, I want to be just like you. And he's like, and I wanted you to be better. Um, right. I, I think I think what they do with Spider-Man is I, I think what they've done with him had makes those movies better by adding those characters not because those characters are already, you know, stationed or, you know, planted themselves into the MCU. You know, they 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 have a background. They, you know, the actors are obviously big name actors. 
I just think the way they wrote it, all of it makes it makes you kind of watch Spider-Man become an even better Spider-Man. They're they're helping him become the best could possibly be. And I, to me, I that's why I think I like the fact that now the next one is Benedict Cumberbatch because I I feel like in the MCU, Tom Holland's Spider-Man still needs somebody to not really like you know be there for him he, do, he doesn't need like a watchdog he doesn't need somebody making sure every action is handled correctly but i think he needs that role model and i think to first have tony stark who is a genius and can create this amazing technology he's very like um peter parker is kind of like a young less hectic tony stark in the mcu Whereas, you know, Dr. Strange could kind of help him get over the hump in a terms of intellectual terms and what he does. I don't know. It, it, I, I just think it all works. I, I think they need it not because anybody's a poor actor or, no, or you know, the character isn't strong enough. I think they, they need those characters because it just helps build. It helps build the Spider-Man to be coming to a point where maybe one day they will be able to do a movie with just Spider-Man, maybe they figure out some contractual agreement to do it. And when it does happen, we're going to be very thankful for what they've done prior. Well said. And I, I think now with, uh, if you don't know the relationship between uh, Fantastic Four and Spider-Man is uh, Human Torch has a really great relationship with Spider-Man. Hopefully at some point, if we do continue to get more Spider-Man films, we get to see that kind of play into it. Remember, Marvel still has one Spider-Man appearance as well so they make they make spider-man 3 and then they still have one film in this rest of this contract that they have to put them in so i don't know which one they'll do that in probably multiverse of madness maybe Mm -hmm. i don't know uh but let's get over to 2022 we got she hulk uh which is uh unknown release date really so i just put it as 2022 starring tatiana maslani as jennifer walters uh, which Bruce Bruce Banner's cousin, if you don't know, uh, Tim Roth as Abomination. He was in The Incredible Hawk, uh, so that movie is now relevant. If you haven't seen it, Matt, you might need to now. Uh, and Mark <laughs> Ruffalo back as the Hawk, uh. and directed by Kat Coiro and Anu Valia, and head writer Jessica Gao. Uh, so, if you don't know anything about She-Hulk, uh, in the comics, she is a lawyer. Uh, who I think gets sick or something. She needs a blood transfusion. Bruce is a match, and because uh, they're cousins, his blood turns her kind of into the She-Hulk. Like, because his blood is, you know, Hulk blood. Hers uh, does as well. So sometimes it, it depends. It depends on who's writing it. Sometimes, sometimes she's always hawked out. Uh, even when she's a lawyer, she's in the you know lawyer courtroom. <laughs> you know, all green, but not like as. She doesn't get like as built as Hulk does, you know. Like she doesn't become like super tall. She gets like, you know, six six foot eleven. You know, it's probably around there. Um, and in some uh, other runs, she's kind of like regular Hulk, you know, kind of like savage. But I think they're going to lean more towards <laughs> her normal perception of her being always hawked out, but still smart, still a lawyer. I think that's how they're going to go about it. Um, so I'm assuming that's why we're going to get Mark Ruffalo in this is that with part of the origin. He's probably going to have to face off against Abomination. Maybe she will as well. And uh, K- 
Kevin Feige said something interesting here as well. He said, you know, it's a courtroom in New York. You never know who they're going to run into. It seemed to be implying that maybe we get Charlie Cox in this as well as Daredevil is what a lot of people are reading into that. All right. Any thoughts on She-Hulk, Matt? Uh, I don't really at this point. I it, it's I think it's just still a little... The that was kind of the first time I heard of it was throughout. I know maybe they announced it prior, but that was the first time I kind of heard it. I'm just kind of waiting for more. I just I, I don't have much information on her. I, I do like Mark Ruffalo though, so I'm hoping. I I think I do enjoy. I hope he's not. I hope he's not like that. The Hulk. I think I I want him to be either the Hulk or Bruce Banner. I don't want him to be like Bruce Banner, who's kind of like Hulk. You know, I I, I didn't like that part of Endgame. Um, oh, Smart Hulk? Yeah, I didn't like that part. Um, but I don't have much more information. I don't have much more like information or you know opinion of it. And so I just I just want to see more before I have anything I can really think to uh, think about it. All right, Moon Knight is coming out in 2022 or so as well. That's rumored to be Oscar Isaac. Maybe the deal wasn't done no, yet. They didn't I, announce that. It. I was say I was say if that if that rumor becomes true, I'm very excited. I've already um this sounds really <laughs> it's something that like me and you always think about but like uh i believe there was a moon knight vinylmation there was back yeah. when we and i remember seeing i didn't know who moon i knight have was, it but i really wanted that vinylmation i was like man this thing looks so cool um and then after watching star wars i'm a huge oscar isaac fan after watching him as poe dameron um so if this beca- if this rumor becomes true i'll be i'll be even more excited and for anybody that doesn't know anything about Moon Knight, his name is Mark Spector. Uh, the way that they announced this on the on the feed here is a complex vigilante who suffers from dissociative identity disorder. These multiple identities who live inside him are distinct characters in the series and will appear against a backdrop of Egyptian iconography. So apparently he gets like possessed by this Egyptian god. Uh, so he thinks. They don't know if it's really part of his dissociative identity disorder or if he really did. Um, but he, his other personalities, other than Mark Spector, is Stephen Grant, a financer, and Jake Lockley, a cab driver. And uh, so we'll see how that is. Directed by Mohamed Diab. And we'll see how that plays out. Is this a TV out. show or a movie? Yes, this is a, uh, another show? series. Okay kind of into it i like the whole i like the i like the tv shows for the kind of like smallish more the characters yeah, the before they characters become too. yeah before they become like bigger they're getting like the tv show and then as it continues maybe that's their plan maybe they're gonna be like listen if this works out we're gonna do a movie we're just gonna wait to see how it i'm works sure out. i'm sure they have signed up for contracts like that yeah so here's another uh, one that was just announced. So the the Moon Knight and She-Hulk and Miss Marvel, those were all announced during D23, I think it was. So now, now we're getting to the shows that were brand new announcements. Uh, this one was kind of broken when I was in uh, Disney, though. Uh, they, they announced it as the Nick Fury series. I think Deadline or Variety broke that. But uh, now we know the official title is Secret Invasion. Uh, starring Samuel Jackson as Nick Fury, Ben Mendelsohn as Talos from Captain Marvel and Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, so the way that they, you know, the, the plot line of the comic 
uh, comic series was a faction of shape-shifting scrolls who have been infiltrating Earth for years. So if you remember, uh, you know, listener, if you if you remember from Captain Marvel and Spider-Man: Far From Home, the scrolls are the creatures that can uh, shape-shift, and um, you know, was the main plot where we were kind of led to believe they were the bad guys. Turns out they weren't in in Captain Marvel. And last we saw was, you know, Tal- Talos taking over as Nick Fury in Far From Home and Nick Fury being up in a space station with other scrolls. In the comic book, I started reading Secret Invasion today, actually. Got through the first three issues out of eight, I think it was. Um, so it, it really is a, um, you know, scrolls have infiltrated as the heroes, you know, like some of our heroes are scrolls that have kind of been taking over for a certain length of time. So uh, they kind of start getting exposed. There's kind of a fight about this. I think that's where they're going to be heading with this. So I think we might actually get more heroes and more stars in this show as some sort of big event series, uh, which a lot of people thought was going to be one of the next Avengers storylines, but I'm actually happy it's not. Yeah, they have six to eight hours now that they can do this run instead of trying to fit it in a two-hour movie. Yeah. I don't and know. I guess the, the I... other question, too, about it, actually, is uh, the Skrulls were the good guys. Is this another faction of Skrulls that are, that are the bad guys here? Because I don't see Talos and his people just, const- uh, just randomly turning uh, bad. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm intrigued to see a little bit more about this because I kind of felt like the scrolls in a way, I know that it wasn't meant to look like that, but something in me always kind of looked at them as more of a comedic part in that movie, or especially at the end of Far From Home when he, like, um, Nick Fury like was actually Talos the whole time, we're supposed to be Talos the whole time. I guess I'm I just, it's one of those ones I need more information to. Um, but you said it's also like kind of like brand new of an announcement. So I guess we'll have to just see how it kind of, how the announcements continue with it while everything else is getting released. And I think this might tie into Captain Marvel 2. If this comes out in 2022, so is Captain Marvel 2. And, uh, you know, with it tying in with Talos and Nick Fury. Maybe that has something to do with it. Maybe we'll get a tie-in. Maybe Brie Larson and and some characters from there is going to be in this show. We'll we'll see, I guess. Uh, we do have two other shows to talk about here that are kind of, I feel like, linked together as well. We got Ironheart, which is coming out either in 2022 or 2023. Already been cast. Nobody broke this news. This was not on Deadline or Variety or anything, so it was kind of crazy that, like, it had leaked that they were working on Ironheart, but nobody, you know, usually you get those... This person's in talks, but we didn't even get that for this show. Dominique Thorne is going to be Riri Williams, who creates her own Iron Man armor. Uh, I did read some Ironheart earlier this year. Uh, I actually really dug that run from, I think, 2018. So uh, she's a smart uh, college girl that creates her own armor. And uh, this in the comics, she took up the mantle when I think Tony Stark was either presumed dead or he was in a coma or something. I don't remember. Uh, but uh, she, then she, you know, changed her name to Iron Heart. So she was different than Iron Man and stuff like that. But uh, I enjoyed it. Some people don't like her. She's very new character as well. I Let's think say, that this I'll have is... To... 
this is good. Yeah, I'll have to I'll I'll have to do a, a little learning about her because that this is the first time I've actually heard of the character uh, was when they announced it. Yeah, I think she's like so new, like she's newer than Miss Marvel was, and and that's still a very new character. Uh, so uh, her first appearance was 2015, so or 2016 actually. Yeah, I'll definitely. Yeah, I'll, hopefully, there's more information. I know, obviously, there will be more information coming out as things get closer. Yeah, they'll probably start yeah. filming next year at some point. Actually, if they're going to try to get it out for 2022, at some point next year, we'll probably get some more news. Um, and then Armor Wars, which was announced as starring John Cheadle as uh, James Rhodes, aka War Machine. And the way that they announced this was: What happens if Tony Stark's tech falls into the wrong hands? Find out in the newly announced. Marvel Studios Armor Wars coming to Disney Plus. And I was wondering with these two shows being announced back to back, if they are somehow tied into each other, you know, like the armor falling into the wrong hands, maybe somehow like something like the the blueprints get leaked and somehow that's why Riri makes her own suit, but also villains like Justin Hammer maybe comes back and making his own suit. Uh, you know, some bad guys doing funny. stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> I love Sam Justin Hammer, back. so I would love that. <laughs> Sam Rockwell was great. That's uh, one of my favorite all time because um, it's Iron Man two, right? Where they're in the courtroom, yes, and he's like popping up that's the screen. He's like Hammer Industries looks like it's uh, like I would say twenty years behind there, something like that. <laughs> uh, I I just also love Justin Hammer like dancing onto the stage at the end, like at the World Expo, Stark Expo, or whatever. <laughs> Uh, I, I always that would be fun to bring him back, especially with um, especially with Tony Stark, obviously, you know, dying in, in Endgame. Like, I don't want that to be the end of the people kind of next to him in a associated way associated like, with him. Yeah, like I, I don't want that to be the end of of Rhodey. Obviously, you know, Happy was with with Spider Man, but you know, I I, I want to see more of of the characters that were close to him as well, because then it's just kind of sad at the end of it. Maybe we get John Favreau back as uh, happy in the series too. I would love that. I think I, I love him. You know, I, I, I enjoyed him on friends as Pete Becker. <laughs> um, but we always come back happy. to that. We always come back yeah. to John Favreau that's on the, Friends. <laughs> the first thing I ever—that's the first thing I ever saw him in. Um, and I always think it's crazy to think he played that per- character in Friends, and then he becomes like Happy in the Mar in the MCU. And a huge director directing all these Disney films and creating the Mandalorian. Ah, uh, that's true. Absolutely crazy. <laughs> Uh, so this one was a weird announcement that nobody really had pegged at all here. Uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special coming out Christmas time of 2022, filming at the same time as Volume 3, which is supposed to come out in 2023, written and directed by James Gunn. Uh, if people don't know, there was a very famous Star Wars holiday special that came out in like 1978. That a lot of people sure, thought was really? yeah. It gets you'll never see it unless you find it on YouTube because people just talk about how like George Lucas hated it. He did it, and uh, it got slammed, and he just never associates anything with it. It's never been released again. I like, have to find it. <laughs> it <laughs> I didn't know. Yeah, so I think that's what James Gunn and John John Favreau is actually a big fan of the holiday special, and some of the references from Mandalorian are from the holiday special. 
like in the first episode with the mithril talking about life day like that's this holiday they're celebrating in the huh. in the holiday special of star wars so uh james gunn is a fan of the holiday special as well and this is going to be their way of poking fun of it i guess is with creating the guardians of the galaxy holiday special and uh, people were, I was listening to a podcast and they said, what's the over under of uh, Groot being uh, dressed up as a Christmas tree at some point in this? <laughs> I, I'm going to say right now, and because I know the next thing is I am Groot. Um, I'm not a huge Groot fan. I enjoyed him in the first one, but then the moment it became baby Groot and teenage Groot, I don't think I really enjoyed him until he uh, chops his arm off to help finish making uh, was it Stormbreaker? Yeah. And in Infinity War, like from Baby Groot to that moment, I just I, I wasn't a fan. Well, you're not a fan of Grogu either, really. So I'm gonna say well, not I surprising. Don't like baby characters. <laughs> You like baby poo, the though, don't you? Dalmatians, the 101 Dalmatians. I love the parents, but man, the 99 puppies they had. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it is. I think it's because I, I like... You just don't like cute, cuddly I, things, I guess. I don't know. I, I don't know either. I, I, wish I, I wish I understood why. I just I, I love Groot in Guardians of the Galaxy, but something about like how crazy baby Groot got made me like and almost like shut me off to Groot. I was like, okay, like can you just become adult Groot again? Well I assume he's gonna be adult Groot in this, um since this is probably gonna be closer to to volume three. I'm assuming yeah. we get we get that back. Um but yeah I'm I'm excited for it. You know, get some uh I'll now have an MCU thing to watch every Christmas after that. So that'll be uh that'll be something <laughs> fun to enjoy. Uh, and as you alluded to, the I Am Groot is a series of shorts starring Baby Groot with several new and unusual characters joining him. So not much to go off on that. And Matt's least favorite show announced here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get over to the 2022 and onward films here. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. That's March 25th, 2022. I starring... Will. Go ahead. I will do a midnight preview of that one, premiere of that one. That I am. They don't really do the midnight anymore. You would just go I on the know. Thursday, the Thursday showing. But in hypothetical, if there was, if, if we there was a midnight, midnight <laughs> if we were back in the midnight premiere days, I would 100% do it for that one. I'm so excited. Between Benedict Cumberbatch and, you know, the fact that this is also, there's supposed to be like a, that's kind of like a scary movie. Like, didn't they say that? Like, it's supposed yeah. to have some sort of like that. And directed by Sam already. Sam Raimi, who does a lot of horror films. Yeah, I think that movie is going to be this. That movie should be what catapults Spider Man Three into a Spider Verse. After that movie, after Multiverse of Madness, something should happen. There should be some sort of collision course at the end with these movies. I can see that. I can see that. Uh, also, star, so it stars Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange. Rachel McAdams is Palmer. Benedict Wong is back as Wong. Uh, uh, I, I don't know if I can pronounce his first name. Uh, Chiwetel uh, Ejiofor, I know that's how you say his last name, is Mordo. Elizabeth Olsen is as Wanda Maximoff. 
Uh, and Sochi Gomez is America Chavez that's announced here. So America Chavez is another new comic character who was raised by her mothers, Amalia and Elena, in the Utopian Parallel. parallel. Uh, so she's not actually from our Earth. She's in a dimension of time and space. And she appears to have inherited or observed, absorbed some of her superpowers from the Demiurge's ambient magical presence. One of her powers, which is going to be very relevant here to Multiversal Madness and why she's in this, is she has the rare ability to smash open star-shaped portals that enable her to traverse the multiverse. So that's how she's probably going to play a big role in this as well. That's an interesting superpower. It is. She has other powers too, like flight and stuff. But yeah, that that is... a very specific superpower well i guess because she's coming from the utopian parallel that uh that's her only way to get anywhere else i guess i'm not i'm not really sure i haven't read anything with america chavez like i said she's very new character as well um also known as miss america is is one of her um character names and this movie is directed by sam raimi like i mentioned before he directed uh, the original spider-man trilogy that also had a reference to dr strange in there uh he uh when, it, when when J. Jonah Jameson is trying to come up with names for Dr. Octopus, he says Dr. Strange, and he's like, no, that one's taken. Um, so that was a nice <laughs> reference to Dr. Strange there. Now he gets to direct a Dr. Strange film. So it uh, should, be, should be a good time. Looking forward to that one a lot. Uh, it's been pushed back. It was supposed to be May of next year, and it's now March of 2022. It's a shame. <laughs> yeah. At least it's not a whole year of pushback. I guess that's we true we want to take a, a but just knowing we would only be like it. six months away from it and now we're <laughs> so much farther away yeah well, uh we got a lot to go though we got a lot to go before it so hopefully that's it's like it, everything got pushed back at some point but at least we have so much to see that's the only good thing about having this year off is that we're about to just get like bam 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 it's gonna be yeah it's gonna be overwhelming it will, yeah, it probably will. And uh, what a great time to start a podcast about it. So Thor, Love and Thunder, May 6, 2022, starring, this was pushed back now, because it was originally supposed to be, I think, Doctor Strange in February, and then Thor in March, and they've just kind of moved those around. Uh, Thor, starring Chris Hemsworth. Natalie Portman is back as Jane Foster, also known in this movie as AKA the Mighty Thor. Uh, Tessa Thompson is back as Valkyrie. There's rumors of the Guardian showing up. And right after I did these notes, a deadline reports that Jamie Alexander is back as Sif. And Christian Bale as Gore the God Butcher. So I put some notes here. For people that don't know who Gore the God Butcher is, he was born on a planet with no name and almost every day was on the brink of starvation. He was taught to trust in the gods, but they never answered his prayers. At an early age, his mother and father died, leaving Gore to fend him for himself in the harsh environment. Years later, he married and fathered some children. However, most of them died. And Gore's pregnant mate, Ara, was killed during an earthquake. And one by one, his children perished until he was left with one son, Agar. When Agar was on the brink of death due to starvation, Gore sought to ease his suffering and told his son they would soon reach a forest where they would never go hungry again. That's all from Marvel Wiki there. Uh, his motive, 
his motive for be why why would he become a god butcher? He had all this stuff go wrong, right? Well, he was he was shocked by the re- realization that gods did exist. He never actually believed in them after everything going wrong. Okay, so he became enraged when he ran into these two gods who were fighting. And uh, he uh, uses his new weapon, which was the all-black, the Necrosword, uh, to kill the god-armored, a gold-armored god, and then vowed to seek vengeance against all gods for never answering his prayers. And what do we know? Thor is a god. <laughs> and that's where I think most of this is going to be the uh, coming from. And I think if they do this right, Christian Bale can probably knock this out of the park as a sympathetic gore the god butcher i'm i'm pretty excited for this movie too especially um i thor um ragnarok was such a was honestly one of my favorite uh mcu movies so i'm I'm excited to kind of continue on with hopefully it's the same thor or i don't know did they say is it going to be fat thor is he still is he still like a thing um, I would assume he would probably have lost some weight by then. I'm not sure of that. <laughs> um, but Thor Ragnarok kind of brought me back into the excitement of Thor because Thor Dark World was one of the, my least favorite movies. So yes. to have, so to continue moving Thor. Plus, it's one of the few characters. It's one of the. It's one of the only main original Avenger characters that's getting another movie after kind of like the first the infinity saga you know so he's still continuing on which is also just exciting because uh, after thor ragnarok i really enjoyed him as a character i thought he was great in infinity war and then once he you know he had got the haircut and he lost the eye and, and thor ragnarok he it, he just became so much cooler and christian bale as a villain is going to be pretty exciting yeah i'm excited i think this is going to be good taika watiti back directing that's what uh, i thought got, too i was like i didn't see that in your note but i was like i was pretty certain he was the one directing yeah, it. yeah he's doing that and that's why i think his star wars film is going to be the 2025 one because of it uh he, he's going to be working on this one for a bit um yeah but he's back and uh i think uh, we got jane foster back i never thought natalie portman would come back to the franchise and if you don't know anything about her becoming the mighty thor she at some point gets the the Thor powers as well, becomes worthy enough to hold uh, the hammer and uh, is dying of cancer and uh, is going through chemotherapy. But every time she becomes Thor and, and wields the hammer, uh, it actually reverses any of the chemotherapy effects. So she's actually, every time she's, uh, every time that she is, becoming Thor, she's kind of reversing and uh, the stuff that's, healing her and she's actually kind of slowly killing herself but she has to do it to uh you know to save uh to save people that's how it is in the comics anyway so we'll see if that's how it is in the movie Hmm. uh black panther 2 this was announced july 8th 2022 is when that's going to be coming out kevin feige stated uh for everyone to hear t'challa will not be recast uh, due to the unfortunate passing of chadwick boseman and that the sequel will continue to explore the inco- uh, incomparable world of Wakanda and all the rich and varied characters introduced in the first film. This will be written and directed by Ryan Coogler as well. He directed and writ- wrote uh, Black Panther. 
So I guess that means maybe we get like a Shuri as Black Panther, or we, you know, we're going to be following probably Shuri and Baku and uh, all of the uh, characters. I'm sure there'll be. Now. I'll say, I'm sure there'll be another villain in there too. It was obviously it's the right move not to recast um, T'Challa. I wish um, Michael B. Jordan was back in it. I love. Uh, I'm having such a hard time with names. <laughs> Killmonger. Killmonger, God, I don't know why I was just—I'm losing it. Uh, Killmonger is my favorite villain in, in the entirety of MCU, so I kind of wish he was uh, still still able to be in the movie, or if they were going to bring him back, which I know is not easy to do in terms of how Black Panther ended. But uh, you know, I think this one is this one's interesting to see what is going to be the plan how are they going to you know start the movie off how do you pass it down to to shirt to uh shuri how how is it going to go i you know i i feel like it's going to be a i don't think anyone's going to know i don't think there's going to be any leaks i don't i think it's going to be very well kept and you're not going to know much until you actually see the movie which i think should be the right way they do it i don't think they should tell us what the plan is i can't i or at least i hope they don't because i'd like to see well we'll get something from trailers i think but um i think they should try yeah if they can the more they can keep secretive or under wraps i think the better because i know it, it can be i guess in a way it can be like something just as you know she's now the the queen of wakanda or something like obviously you could do it like that but i think the more they keep under the wrap the more they keep under wraps the better it'll be captain marvel 2 got pushed to november 11th of 2022 uh inman valani who's playing miss marvel is going to star in it with brie larson and uh tiana paris from hmm. wandavision and it's directed by nia da costa so uh i maybe we Gets, uh, you know, we're gonna get some tie in there with Miss Marvel, and gonna probably be one of the first instances of a Disney Plus character jumping to one of the mainline films. It looks like that's, yeah, I would say it looks like that's what it's gonna be based off of the uh, different movies and shows coming out. This will be the first one. And then, uh, surprise, we actually got a name and title for Ant Man and the Wasp, uh, the the third Ant Man film, Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania. Uh, is this really going to be the real title? Maybe they're avoiding some spoilers there, but uh, I, I think it is, and I think uh, it means that we're going to get some more Quantum Realm stuff, and that's going to probably be 2023, starring Paul Rudd as Scott Lang, Evangeline Lilly as Hope Van Dyne, Michael Douglas as Dr. Hank Pym, Michelle Pfeiffer as Janet Van Dyne, Catherine Newton is going to be taking over as Cassie Lang, the recasting from Emma Furman, who was in Endgame, and we got Jonathan Majors as Kang the Conqueror, as I talked about, I think, an episode or two ago, directed by Peyton Reed. And uh, here's my thoughts before we get through this. I think that with everything going on, I think I kind of see the through line of this phase, okay? So like we mentioned before with the time travel multiverse stuff that we're going to be getting in Doctor Strange, we're going to be getting in Loki, um, WandaVision, Spider-Man. Uh, Kang the Conqueror is a villain that likes to conquer different time periods. Okay, like he, he 
travels through time and is kind of so the original way that it was is that he is from like the you know like 31st century or whatever like he's from the future um mm. he, he he takes over you know different periods he goes way too far in the future at one point and realizes that nothing's left like it's all barren wasteland pretty much and he decides that he is going to try to prevent that and he's going to try to make sure that never happens so he wants to become the conqueror earlier in time here as well so that way he can try to make sure it never happens etc etc he's also a pretty uh well-known young avengers villain and we have cassie lang here recasted we have now all these young avengers who are coming up in tv shows like kate bishop and miss marvel um maybe maybe we're going to get the young avengers and ant-man and the wasp uh quantumania but also i'm thinking maybe kang the conqueror is that next big villain and that this is going to be one step of it here before we keep going but that he's going to be upset with them messing with the time stream in endgame and uh, everything kind of fluctuating from that onward is what I think might be a good through line. And I think with yeah. them announcing Fantastic Four, which we'll get to in a bit here as well, he's a very well-known Fantastic Four villain as well. So maybe he appears in that film as well. We don't know. No, it makes sense. He, the way you describe him, too, he, he honestly sounds like a... He sounds more impressive than Thanos, because Thanos is just about the one the one universe they're in and trying to make sure it doesn't turn out like his planet. But this one make the way you just kind of said, it makes it sound like he's, he's like the Thanos for all the universes or the, all the timelines. Like he doesn't want to see them end up the how he saw it, similar to how Thanos saw his planet kind of go extinct. Um, it sounds like a, a, it sounds like a good villain to have after a good main villain to have after the Thanos portion in the infinity saga. Yeah. I'm, I'm pumped. If Kang is the next big villain, if this is a big stretch here, you know, he for, for Kang here. looking at pictures of what he looks like in the comics. Yeah. Like he doesn't look as like big, but he just, he looks more, he looks more terrifying than Thanos. Yeah. He's got like the weird, uh, blue mask with the purple. Yeah. And green, yeah, and uh, I think it's going to be uh, like I said, I, I think this is what we might be building to here. I guess we'll see, that's what a lot of people are thinking, so maybe that's not what's going to happen. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, that's coming at some point as well, and then the big announcement here Fantastic Four being directed by John Watts, who directed Spider Man Homecoming and Spider Man Far From Home. This is where I question maybe it's linked to Quantumania, you know, with Kang. Who knows? Or maybe we get Doctor Doom. That's another big villain that the Fantastic Four has. They also have Galactus. Galactus. I mean, they have a lot of big villains that they're going to start bringing in with Fantastic Four, I think. And that'll set us up for years to come, uh, if you can just imagine, with all this stuff going on here. (laughs) Yeah, he was actually the villain in in, uh, the... Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer from the early 2000s, but they did him as just like this evil cloud instead of what he actually is. Um, He's somebody that eats planets, Galactus. Uh, So it could be something like that. Um, 
sounds nice. Yeah, he's a nice guy. <laughs> Man, so here we are. That That's everything. And just to wrap up here, Matt, what is the most anticipated thing that you are looking forward to on this other than Falcon and the Winter Soldier? <laughs> um, I think it's going to have to go back to um, the Multiverse of Madness or or Spider-Man 3. I guess in a way you can kind of put them together. I feel like those two are going to end up having some sort of... They're going to be together in a way, whether it's something to do with the end of the movie or are they going to, in a way, follow each other but not really be considered sequels because they're different characters. But I think those two movies are going to play a big role, kind of how you said in the whole ending it with the quantum mania with Ant-Man and the Wasp. I think in terms of the progression of this second set of of the MCU or however they're going to call it, like the second main saga, I think those two movies are going to set up the main portion of it. They're going to set up either how we're going to get to this multiverse, how we're going to get to maybe um, Kang being the, the main villain. But those two movies, not only because I, I love Tom Holland and Benedict Cumberbatch as the, uh, Spider-Man and Doctor Strange, so I think they're going to be great movies in a standalone way, but I think they are what we... There's a lot of TV shows coming out, which is going to be great, but obviously Marvel's big, big thing that everybody got into was the movies, and I just think those two movies are going to be what progress the storyline more than anything else that's coming out and so we're gonna get to get that jumping off point to where we get to the next big battle and we're gonna look at those as the movies that set it up and that's why i'm i'm most excited for those two it's it's hard to pick really i don't think i could pick which one i'm more excited for because honestly homecoming and far from home are two of my favorite movies and doctor strange is one of my favorite movies i, I just can't pick between the two of them yeah, it's it's a tough one. I'm not really sure what... Uh, if I'm looking at 2021, my most anticipated is probably, you know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. If we're avoiding that one, I, I'm, I'm really excited for Miss Marvel or Hawkeye in there. Um, Spider-Man 3, obviously. Spider-Man is my favorite Marvel hero, so I'm really looking forward to that. If we're looking at past that, 2022 and onward, Secret Invasion sounds really great, and I'm also really down for Fantastic Four, whenever that is. Uh, they're, Fantastic Four are great characters. Um, I can't wait to see them done right through Marvel Studios and, and the MCU. Have they announced who's playing them yet? No, no. That was literally the first confirmation we actually had of it of it happening. Um the next thing I'm looking forward to is X-Men at some point, please, hopefully. Uh, <laughs> like Wolverine. Uh, even if you add some of them in here, you can add some of those uh, X-Men in here. X-Men as a TV show might even work really well because there's just so many X-Men characters. Uh, you can really flesh them out on the on the shows and then bring them into a film as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, out of what's announced, Fantastic Four, uh, I'm always down for Ant-Man as well uh so if that with that having kang i'm really looking forward to that as well but i think uh, those movies are gonna they're they're those movies are gonna play a role and tie together into something bigger the spider-man doctor strange and ant-man because they 
Yes, I think so. The names are too sim not too similar, but you can just see it in the name of the movie or the plot line that they've released. They're not gonna be just extensions of the character already. They're gonna be they're gonna be story progressors. They're going to bring into the next big villain. They're gonna bring into the next big plot line that you need. I think that's those are gonna be really big to the, the next set of movies. I agree. So I think uh, I think we're all in agreement that this is uh, this is a bright time to be looking forward to it here. And the good thing about their shows, if they're usually six episodes, then yes, it's a lot of shows, and people will be like, "How can I catch up on all this?" But it, it's really like an hour each Friday that you're really just sitting down to watch these. If you and don't let these like, things combine, <laughs> if you don't let them stack yeah, up. I would say, and they're, they're not really, they're not releasing any of this. It seems like at the same time. So it, it's not like you're going to have to sit there and go, Oh man, I got to watch an episode of Hawkeye and I got to watch an episode of Falcon and, and winter soldier. And I got to watch an episode of Loki. It's like, no, these things are coming out at separate times so that you can put your focus into it. Instead of having to try to remember every plot line week after week as you watch three different shows. If you watch them when they come out, you're not going to have an issue. There shouldn't be any issue with it. Right. Yeah. Like I said, uh, you know, it, it seems like definitely they built in at least like two weeks between these as well. So you even have time if you if you need to take some time and catch up with them before the next show premieres. I think you have that. Yeah. Well. I think that wraps us up. We went on for about two hours. <laughs> uh, so I think that wraps us up here. Uh, like I said, you know, I, I, maybe I'll do another episode with Logan at some point here. Uh, he couldn't make it, unfortunately. But uh, other than that, I'm going to be building up to WandaVision. And maybe we can have Matt. Maybe you can come on for Falcon and the Winter Soldier in March. Sounds good. I'm excited for that. I'm I'm really excited for that TV show. It's going to be great. I'm just glad we got a premiere date, too. You know, like these shows are already <laughs> done, filmed. They're actually coming. These are not going to be pushed back. You know, these are no, these are filmed. They're in the can. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I would say that's like the one thing that also helps is that, you know, they're coming now. It's not like, a, ugh, is it going to get pushed back? No, like these are official dates. The show's filmed. We're, we're legitimately going to see it, and we don't have to worry about that. So exciting. Disney's about to have a whole bunch more other than The Mandalorian as a, as an original series in these big franchises, and it's going to be great uh, to see. And I uh, cannot wait to watch all of these and be talking about these weekly here on the show. So thanks, Matt, for coming on, and we will catch you yeah. all next time. <laughs>